Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. We are joined this week by Dana Karcher. She's an area manager and project developer for the Davy Resource Group. And we know, you know, trees are great for shade and beauty, but one of my favorite topics is they're great for wildlife too, right? Absolutely. It's one of those things we learn in school on Arbor Day, right? What's the first thing we should talk about when it comes to wildlife? You know, I'm I'm a birder, so I love having evergreens around the bird feeder as a place for those birds to stage. But what are some other things you're thinking about as far as why trees are so good for wildlife? Well, I I always look out my window at my home office here, and I have a big red oak tree in front of my window. And I always see my good friends, the squirrels, who are not good friends to most people, but they do provide some entertainment for us. So we think about squirrels and raccoons and some of those types of animals. And, you know, in the wild, there's all kinds of animals that benefit from trees and, you know, what they bring to us and, you know, food and water, shelter and all of that. So I lean towards the birds as well. I think that birds are um, critical in the landscape and trees, of course, are their best home. Yeah. So if I'm thinking about what kind of tree is best to be a, a source for either food or shelter for wildlife, what are some of the varieties you're thinking about? Well, I think Big trees, of course, provide the most benefits all the way around, and big trees provide a lot for birds as well, and for other animals too. But you know, they provide food because of you know they they uh, you know leak sap. Um, their buds are important. Their nuts, and then of course fruit, which comes in the form of berries or actual fruit. And there's always um, insects in the bark and in the leaves as well. So. Um, Size is important. Big trees, of course, provide more food, but small trees also have, you know, little berries and places for for animals to hide. Think about small birds, small trees. Um, That's one of the things that I always think about when I look like a dogwood or something like that. So species are, is species important? You know, it just kind of depends on where you live. Well, I would just assume that a variety of different trees, you know, blooming trees with or blooming shrubs and trees with berries and things that make nuts. Uh, You know, I've always been told that different types of oaks, you know, are are a great resource for wildlife. Well, you know, one of the things about oaks is they live a long time. And so they provide that shelter in a couple different ways. Uh, They provide those nesting sites that that both squirrels and birds and raccoons will can live in. And I mean, those, those are the cavities that are in the trees that sometimes make a tree unsafe, but also do provide those homes for animals. So uh, they, they're important. Uh, we had, I grew up in California and we had walnut trees on our property and we had many, um, many animal homes in those walnut trees as they began to age. And they provided obviously, you know, nuts and they have big leaves, really big leaves, but they also provided those cavities too. But you have to be careful because you have to have a professional look at those trees if you've got cavities in them. 
Oh, definitely. You know, uh, I, I often say on this podcast that the team from Davies spends uh, a couple times a year here on my property. And that's what, what happened. You know, I had a big Oak way out in the woods and it fell and you could, they told me right off the bat, they, they looked at that cavity and said, well, you know, this looks like this was a, a raccoon hotel here. <laughs> but, you know, you said something interesting about squirrels in general, but squirrels, raccoons and, and, and other animals, they're part of our ecosystem. And that's just, you know, the way it is. You, you don't want to, you know, stop a squirrel or a raccoon from living, you know, up in a tree. It, it's just part of uh, part of our, our natural landscape. That's right. And I always think about the rac or the squirrels actually as the um, acorn spreaders. So when I first moved to my house that I live in in central Texas, like I said, I had this huge, beautiful red oak in my front yard and we don't uh, mow our lawn. We let our leaves fall on it and create that great uh, mulch for, for our lawn during the winter time. But about this time, spring of last year, we had a huge acorn crop, and my neighbor laughed at the fact that I was mowing down an entire oak orchard. So uh, those are spread by squirrels. They bury them, and they, they move those uh, acorns around all over the place. I probably could have opened a nursery up with how many little seedlings I had going. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the birds. Uh, as I said, I, I, I just love feeding and watching the birds, and a big part of just just a big part of the, the landscape and for, for gardening too, you know, when I set up this foraging route, so to speak for the birds are coming to the bird feeder, they stick around, but they're going to eat a lot of caterpillars and other things uh, out of the garden and, and certainly be feeding around the trees. Is there anything else we can do as far as what we should be planting to, to give a good habitat for the birds? Well, you should provide uh, plant a, a variety of trees. So um, there's there's different nesting materials that can come out of different kinds of trees. So deciduous trees, of course, they lose their leaves in the winter, but they're filled with flowers and buds. So in the springtime, so that that provides food and insects and food for the birds that way. Um, but the leaf litter is also great for. Um, on the ground to find those grubs and those worms that grow under that. I was kind of talking about that in my own lawn. And so the, some of the best deciduous trees for birds include larches and mesquites, maples, your favorite oaks, my favorite as well, and maybe some willows. But coniferous trees are important too because they have those, they have needles and they're green year round and they provide really good winter shelter for birds. And so I, I think um, right now it's, I'm looking out my window in, in Texas and it's snowing. I know you're shocked, but it's snowing. So this is a good place. I've got a nice tree in my backyard for him to shelter in during this little bit of snow. Hold, hold on. Snowing in Texas. Okay. I'm up in Pittsburgh. Yes, we're buried in snow, but snow in Texas? Yeah, I'm watching it fall outside my window right now. This will be <laughs> the second snowstorm of the year for us. This is not a storm. Maybe for Texans it is, but last a couple of weeks ago we had four inches, and um, and right now it's just kind of coming down in little flakes. So uh, you mentioned insects, and you know there's a lot of data out there uh, about how great trees are as a habitat for many insects. And again, this is part of our ecosystem, uh, even if it's a uh, bald-faced hornet nest way up in the top of of an oak tree. That's just 
part of, of the ecosystem, you know? It really is. And we, you know, we battle some of them, you know, like Emerald Ash Borer, of course, which has really hit the Northeast is now, you know, it's in Colorado and of course in the center of the country and it's, it's in Texas as well. And we think about that, um, you know, so not all the insects are good, but they do provide food for, for many of our bird friends and also for, you know, the other people we've talked about, the other things we've talked about, squirrels, raccoons, et cetera, too. So, um, but they are part of our natural ecosystem. Yes. Well, you're referring to the squirrels as people. It sounds like we both have a little kind of Disney movie outside of our front windows here going on today. You know, I interview a lot of arborists, but tell me a little bit about your job with the Davy Resource Group. So with Davy Resource Group, I really have the opportunity to work with all kinds of um, entities, municipalities, contractors, developers, to really help them manage their, their tree resource. Uh, we always say that Davy Resource Group doesn't own chainsaws, and you know our counterparts across the country do that really good work for us. But we, we bring the pocket protector to the company. We are, um, many times they call us the nerds of the company, but we are the ones that get to look at trees and, and um, with our friends from the Davy Institute, look for tree diseases and things like that. We do inventories. We actually you know, count trees in cities. We uh, use a lot of GIS, a lot of, um, we do a lot of work in canopies. Canopy is very important for cities, as you know. Good canopy brings good health, which also brings animals to cities. So we do a lot of work around those areas. How did you get into uh, working with trees? I, I kind of backed in. Um, I was always had part-time jobs when my children were little, and one of my friends, who was a city council member in the city I lived in in California, told me that the uh, uh, tree organization executive director job was open in our town and it was a part time job. And so I interviewed and I got the job managing this small tree nonprofit. And um, I fell in love with trees. I already liked them. I grew up going to the Redwoods and going to the coast of California, camping as a kid. So this was just kind of natural for me to really fall in love with this. So I took my certified arborist test and um, got to know some people from Davy. And the next thing I knew, I was working for Davy Tree. You know, Doug, early on in the pandemic, people were looking for things to do at home. And one of the most popular things I've learned is to begin is bird watching. And I went to a little store in a town south of where I live and during Christmas time and to get a bird watching book for my husband to go with his bird feeder that he hung up very early in the pandemic. And wow, we've had more fun watching our backyard birds. And I know a lot of other people have as well. And it, we wouldn't have these backyard birds if we didn't have trees in our backyard. And I have a large live oak, I have a pine, and then I have a huge, huge crepe myrtle in my backyard. Um, some of the biggest trees I've ever had in my yards. But, um, you know, there's all kinds of birds that we can look for no matter where we are in the country. And um, I particularly am fond of remembering a, an owl that we had in the stone pine in front of our house in California. And we called him our owl, but he was our, everybody in our neighborhood would watch for him and listen for him. And he provided a lot of entertainment for us. And we would go get the owl pellets that he would drop and dissect them and look for the little bones from the rats and mice that he would eat. And, you know, it was like science right in our front yard. It was great. Uh, is there a big difference in the birds that you saw in California and the birds that you're seeing in Texas? Well, not 
that big of a difference. I will say though that I am in love with the Cardinal and as a lot of people are, but we didn't have Cardinals in California. And I lived in Nebraska for three years. And during that time, the snow with the Cardinal juxtaposed, you know, the red versus the white was absolutely stunning. And I love seeing the Cardinals. So that's been really, that's been really great. I haven't seen a ton of owls here, but I've seen a lot more um, small raptor type birds in Texas, I think because of more of the open field and the ranching here. You know, where there's big birds that we, we think about um, nesting in trees and a project that we did in, up in um, the Dallas region, there was a rookery on a campus and there were these beautiful cranes that were in this, this small forest of trees that was right on a campus. Now, I will tell you, it didn't smell very good, but the birds were absolutely stunning. And I love nature in, city that, in the city that way, is that we, we leave a space alone and allow them to be there. And uh, we, we look up when we are in the flyway, we see the, the great cranes, the sandhill cranes that you know, land in Nebraska and, and fly up and down the corridor. Um, those trees provide homes for them, for those migrating birds as, along the way. It's, it's amazing. So here in the East, we see uh, rookeries for great blue herons. Explain what that is, though, uh, for people who might not know what that is you're talking about, uh, where the, the cranes or great blue herons nest. Well, it's a, it's a stopover site, usually, and it's um, a forest of uh, trees that are um, left untouched, I would say, for the most part, uh, maybe maintained when the, tree, when the birds are not in there, but it's a place where they can stop over on the flyover, and, that's, and then they nest, and they actually, you know, their babies are born there, and off they, off they go when the time is right. And then certainly, you know, trees that are flowering, uh, basswoods and others are great for pollinators too. I, I know that uh, when the basswoods bloom here in the east, the honeybees go crazy over it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think about the um, some of the trees in, in California with, with pollinators that, I, that um, are along the riparian areas and the big trees like sycamores and um, valley oaks and uh, some of the willows and, and, and the cottonwoods all provide that, um, some of those poll- that pollinator habitat for, for birds. Dana, what is the best thing about what you do for a living? Boy, that's a, that's a hard question. I, I think I love trees. I absolutely love trees. And I think there's probably very few people that are in our business who don't love trees. So I think the best thing I do is, is teach people at all levels how important trees are to the environment. You know, and birds are just, and, and it's just one part of it. Homes for animals is just one part of it. But trees provide so many benefits that I just love the opportunity to share that. And that's the best part about my job is helping people understand how critical trees are. Well, Dana, I'm going to leave it right there. That is great stuff. Thank you so much for all that information about wildlife and trees. And say hi to your friendly squirrels that are running around in your Texas snow. Okay, you too. I'll talk to you later, Doug. Thank you. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Next week, we'll learn about something called tree cabling, what it is, and how to know if you need it done in your landscape. Remember, on the Talking Trees podcast, we know that trees are the answer.